Hello, and welcome to the Brain Mastery Podcast, brought to you by ABI Wellness. This series features renowned experts on brain injury, brain health, and rehabilitation. Be sure to visit abiwellness.com for more resources. All right, welcome back to the Brain Mastery Podcast. Today's guest inspires me a lot. He's someone I've, I've known for a few years, and we kind of reach out a few times a year just to say hello. And, um, you know, this is an auditory, you know, podcast for your listening pleasure. But we have two remarkably shiny heads here today <laughs> on, this, on this, this podcast. Well, it's aerodynamic, uh, Martin. Tell um, you what, it's all about the speed. <laughs> it's all about the speed. So the message today is going to be about, about no excuses. It's going to be about starting where you're at, literally and figuratively, and continuing to go and building momentum towards self-improvement, but also through that self-improvement process, helping to inspire others along the way and helping to serve you know, those that in some cases don't even have the opportunity to choose to improve their own lives and to have those opportunities in front of you. This individual is someone who has worked in various sectors in his career and is now, I think, right on purpose in terms of what he's doing. He's just lined right up. Um, I believe, Martin, you're doing what you're meant to be doing. And he's somebody that is extremely fit, not only from a physical standpoint, but from a cognitive standpoint, too, because of the how he utilizes aerobic exercise in his daily routines. He's somebody who is, a, is an author, a public speaker, uh, one of the best public speakers I've seen. And is somebody who's a, who's a big inspiration to me and to many. So my hope is that for our listeners today, you really listen up and you think about some of what Martin's going to share with us today and think about it in your own context. You know, what are the barriers that, that are in front of you and how can you address some of them? And how can you do that in a way that will lead to better brain health outcomes for yourself? So thank you, Martin Parnell, for joining us today on the Brain Mastery Podcast. Mark, it's an absolute uh, pleasure to be here today. And thank you for asking me. Oh, of course, man. I've been wanting to get you on for a while. So for people who are listening, you know, how did I do in the bio there, Martin? You did. I think you nailed it, man. I think, uh, you know, you give me some stuff to think about and I just can't wait to share it with everybody. Yeah, that's great. You know, for, for our audience, Martin, these are, you know, a lot of clinical providers, a lot of amazing kind of occupational therapists physical therapists, medical doctors, neuropsychologists, and people just curious about the world of brain health and how to really take charge of it. And, you know, for people who are listening here, maybe if you wouldn't mind, walk us a little bit through some of your journey of what led you into some of the amazing work that you do now, which is really, you are a, a really engaged community member. I think, you know, just outside of Calgary, just west of Calgary. Is that right? Yeah. In the, in the town of Cochrane. In Cochrane. Okay. So for our audience, why don't you walk them through a little bit about, you know, what some of your history is, what's led you into this brain health world and really into endurance running. Yeah. I'm going to actually jump in maybe halfway through the story and I'm going to start in uh, February of 2015. And I was scheduled to go to Winnipeg to do a keynote presentation to a health and recreation association. But the week before I was meant to leave, I, I, was, I had just terrible headaches. I had migraines, which is pretty unusual for me. I, I normally didn't get that type mm -hmm. of, you know, headaches. So I went to see right. my doctor and he said, well, Martin, you know, why don't you, you know, let's, okay, let's take, take some Tylenol, you know, go 
go for your weekend. When you come back, maybe we'll do a CT scan or something. So I said, that sounds good. Anyway, I, f- I flew to Winnipeg and boy, I, I my headache wasn't getting any better. I arrived at the hotel and the organizer, Suzanne said, Martin, you look terrible. You look absolutely terrible. So she says, I'm taking you to the Grace Hospital. So she drove me to the Grace Hospital and they took me in and they, with you know, I mentioned this, this terrible headaches I was having and within about half an hour, they took me in and they did a CT scan. And I came, I came out and kind of waited maybe for another hour. And then they came back and said, we're taking you right into emergency. And what they had diagnosed was a venous sinus thrombosis. And this is a massive clot in the sort of the, the sinus tunnel, but also the clot was building into the, you know, behind mm-hmm. the brain here. Yeah. And so I was, I was taken straight into emergency. They phoned my wife, Sue, and said, Sue, you know, you have to come to, to Winnipeg. You know, she was expecting a call to say, you know, hi, I, you know, hi, Sue, I'm, you know, I'm here. I'm going to be home tomorrow. They said, no, you better come here now because we don't know what's going to happen. So she flew to Winnipeg. And when she arrived, I was in a 24-hour coma, induced coma. And basically, my world was turned upside down from doing a bunch of marathons and triathlons and, and ultras I had done previously. And suddenly, I needed help to go the 20 feet from the bed to the washroom. And this was just my world. I, I, I totally flipped around. I was in the hospital for a, a few days. Then I saw the specialist. And they said, you know, Martin, we're, you know, we're going to put you on these drugs and you can probably leave within about a week. You know, we're going to make sure you're OK. And so I slowly, slowly, you know, recovered, spent a couple of weeks there. And as I was leaving, I was very interested. The doctor said, the specialist said, Martin, you could have died twice. And they said, he said, what do you mean twice? He said, well, the first time was from the, the venous sinus thrombosis. Another week and it would have totally plugged up and then it would have bled on the brain. So. I mean, I just thank, number one, I thank where we live in Canada and mm-hmm. thank that we have access to such incredible medical facilities and specialists and doctors. But I said, what do you, you know, what about, you know, the, the second, you know, how, how I could have died twice? He said, well, because you're in good condition, you know, you're in relatively fit, you could have had a massive heart attack. The blood pressure was through the roof. And he said, because of that, you didn't have that. And it made me realize, Mark, that, you know, one of the best, well, the best life insurance we can have is being relatively fit. I don't mean, you know, being, you know, doing crazy stuff. I just mean being active, mm-hmm. whether it's swimming, running or whatever. And, and that hasn't left me. I mean, I, I, that has kind of stuck with me. And just to kind of fill the story out from a, a brain problem point of view. So that was 2015. I, I came home and did a whole bunch of other stuff. But then in 2019, just, just, just over two years ago, I had a stroke. I had a stroke and, and I was taken to hospital. I lost the use of my speech for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And again, I managed to come through it. And again, the medical people said, you're in good health. You're not going to get this knock on for other type of issues. And I, I mean, I can't emphasize enough to anyone who's listening, whether it's doctors or patients mm-hmm. or whoever, if you've got to move, guys, you've got to move, whether it's running, walking, swimming, I don't care. But that's the key. That's the key. And I'll get into some of the ways of moving a little later. That's so good, Martin. You know, it's, uh, I, I think of you often, you know, when I, when I met Martin, I think I met you, what would it have been in the spring or, or almost the summer of 2019? And, you know, 
we had a good conversation. You know, we were both speaking at this event. You know, you were speaking about you know exercise, the journey, and I was speaking a little bit about you know concussion and and cognitive recovery and and blending care models. And you know, you're somebody who you know I looked at and, and admired, and I was like, you know, the bang for the buck to get aerobic exercise in. We're all busy. You know, I really look at it as an investment. If you can invest that 30 minutes minimum of aerobic fitness into your day, or nice anaerobic something, it's a significant investment in your, not only your physical health, but also in your brain health, because you're, you're really oxygenizing that brain, which is what it needs to stay healthy. No, absolutely. And in fact, you know, from my perspective, you cannot separate the two. You know, it's, it's mental health and wellness. It's not mental health and or wellness. It just doesn't work that way. The body is a machine. It needs to be used. It needs to have blood pumping and it pumps through the brain. And that's what the brain needs. And you know, again, number of things that I've learned over the years. I didn't start running until I was 47. So I was a little late to the game. And I only started because my brother, my younger brother challenged me to a marathon. So, <laughs> so you know, prior to that, I mean, I, you know, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was lazy, but I, um, you know, I, I, I did sports, what I call a bit of, I did a bit of tennis and a bit of squash and yeah. a bit of this and a bit of that. And, and so again, you know, a little bit overweight, but nothing, you know, yeah. no big deal. But at 47, you can get away with it. You can't get away with it at 57 or 67 and so on. I mean, when you're younger, <laughs> Mark, you can get away with stuff, but it, trust me, it's, yeah. it's going gonna, it's gonna to bite you. So managed, you know, started running, found I loved it. Never particularly good at any other sports, but found I loved running, found I could do it. And then I got into marathons and triathlons and ultra running. And so I, I was, I really, the whole fitness thing, but I got into it for some different reasons. One was for personal challenge. Mm-hmm. I wanted just to see what I could do. Another was for philanthropy to give yeah. back. I, I've supported a, no, a number of um, uh, organizations, Right to Play, Free to Run, and now very much into Rotary. But as I get older, I'm 66 years old, and I'm realizing that I've got to keep going. <laughs> and it doesn't get easier, Mark. I've got to tell you that. It doesn't get easier. <laughs> but, but, but I tell you one thing, and let's jump into it right now, is when you look at something like running or walking or Whatever it is to get outside, I think one of the biggest things is we put our own barriers in our way. Okay. Mm. So, for example, and your know, Mark knows this, I love running in cold, not just cold, but pretty darn cold. And, you know, I've been out there in minus 40, minus 45. And again, something to think about don't use the temperature or the weather as a barrier. Think about the gear you need to get out there. Okay. So, and I'm happy to talk about, you know, gear at minus whatever, you know, we can. We can get into the details, but, but don't use that as a barrier. Think of not, oh, the weather is going to stop me, but what do I need to get out? The other thing is being outside, not just during the day, but also in the evenings and so on. Make sure you have a good headlamp. Again, don't put barriers in front of you to stop you going out because it becomes a vicious circle and it becomes, well, I, co- I can't get out today because of this. Well, maybe I won't get out tomorrow. And you're going to pay a price for that, both from your mental health and your physical health. Oh, I love that. And I think that for those that might be listening, some might be your casual 5k, some might be, you know, your casual, you know, go for a walk. Some might be like me previously. I'm too busy to do that. I don't have enough. I, my schedule's too packed, Martin. I can't go for a run. I can't go for a walk. I got stuff to do, man. I got too much work. I got this to-do list here. I got this thing ringing at me like crazy telling me I'm missing a meeting and I got an email you know, you've been there, right? I mean, you've definitely been there. And what's your little acknowledgement, your encouragement 
for that individual, because I can really resonate with that. You know, when you hear that, when you hear Martin, you know, yeah, but you're in a position where you can get out and you can do that. You know, what's an encouragement, especially when we're thinking about the world of specifically brain health, you know, what's your encouragement to that individual? And there's many of you, don't worry, I'm with you. I hear you Okay, if you're listening to this, but Martin really gets this subject matter. And I'm so fortunate you're with us today by listening to what Martin says to this. I really want you to pay attention to his words here. Okay. I really, 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 really want you to. You bet, uh, Mark. So again, this is just something over the years that I've realized is, first of all, we beat ourselves up too much. You know, I'm, I'm so busy. I don't have the time. We totally understand it. I mean, with, with, you know, with my career, plus having gone now into a, a position with Rotary and a whole bunch of meetings starting at eight o'clock and, you know, gone and on. But I think, I think you've got to look at opportunities for yourself. So a couple of things. One is, and I mentioned two of the barriers to remove. Remove the weather. So, so yeah. get the gear. Okay, let's be clear. Get the gear. You can do something, including the headlight. So let's let's give ourselves let's give ourselves twenty four seven. Like, don't pack yourself that that because I'm busy during this time I can't do it. You're going to have to open things up a little bit and maybe get up earlier or stay. You know, you know, yep. go out a little later. But the other key is what I call chunking it down. So I break things down into ten minute chunks. When I do a marathon, I run nine minutes and walk one. And I don't think of mm. anything else other than nine and ones, whether it's a marathon, an Ironman, or a hundred mile ultra. It's it's ten minutes. So so why not start off and kind of work yourself into this? Is to maybe pick a time to go out. It might be earlier in the morning. Maybe it's mm. you know whatever six o'clock with your light. Yeah. Maybe just do ten minutes. And don't think oh what a waste of time that was because unless you get a taste of it, you'll never do it. And if you say to yourself, boy, I need to run. 10 kilometers at this time, I can't do it. You won't do it. Right. So, so, so give yourself that window, that chunking it down piece of a, I'm going to head out at this time. So you have, you know, a bit of discipline here. I am going to get up. I am going to, you know, yep. get ready. I'm going to put my gear on and I'll go out and do 10 minutes and, and do that. You know, don't, don't even think about doing more and seeing how you feel after you come back from that and build up maybe to 20 or 30 or whatever, but you've got to give yourself a break. If you're overloaded, you're never going to be able to see beyond that. And you've got to stop it and do it in a workable piece. Love it. Yeah, I love it. And every little bit is a step in the right direction. Like it's that whole piece of one step, right? Like starts there. And it really is an investment. I really believe that. Like it really is a positive investment in your own health. And you're such a great example of it, Martin. Like, I couldn't think of anyone better that I know of. I'm like, this guy has really walked the walk in many different ways and understands the cognitive benefits of aerobic exercise. So is there anything else you want to add around that? Yeah, well, I think also, Mark, we've got to, I think we've really, as individuals, it's all about individuals. I'm talking about mm-hmm. associations. So it's about you and yeah. me and, and the folks yeah. who are listening here. Okay, it's about what, what do we want to do for ourselves? And, and one question I think we need to ask ourselves is, what's the payoff? You know, you know, why am I even bothering doing this? What's the payoff? So for me, the payoff is, number one, I know every time I go out, every time, may sound strange, I feel better than having gone out than when I left. Okay? I mean, it's ridiculous. The payoff is, is always there. And it, may be the, it may be the coldest, wettest, horriblest day. But when you get back, you think, I did that. And I think that's something personal payoff is very important. Then, which is internal. Then there's some external payoffs, which are 
for me and my wife, Sue, it's our family. So we've got kids and grandkids. Um, we went to see them recently, even in this very difficult times. And we could do things. We could climb things mm. and, and do different yeah. things. That is the payoff with, with the kids. And so I think, quite frankly, I'm appreciating it more as I get older than when I was younger. Because again, I think you can get away with stuff. You could sort of fake it a little bit. But trust me, that train's coming. <laughs> I'm well, sorry. It's, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It makes me think of that concept that people talk about around leveling up. And, you know, I think about it a lot. And I hadn't thought of it around the way that you explained it so well is that, you know, being able to be a little bit more mobile as we get a little bit older, you know, being able to play with the kids a little bit more. If you start investing now in your health, it's going to pay off later. And I mean, there are so many moments, you know, where you're, you know, and you, you're such a, it's such a great example. You know, you're sitting there, it's minus 20. I don't want to go. I don't want to go do that. But that, after that first step, you're like, oh yeah. This is great, right? Yeah, absolutely, Mark. Just you know, just just trick your brain, okay? You, you literally have to almost think of two people. There's you, the person who wants to do it, and there's this brain that you know the brain's great, but it's also a, a devil. I mean, it'll tell you, don't do this, don't do that, because you might do this, and you've got to say, well, okay, brain, fair enough. But the other person, you don't tell the brain, you start getting ready, okay? <laughs> so you sort of trick the brain to get out. And I tell you, it works. You can actually work around that naughty, that bad brain that's telling you to, you know, sit down, relax, you know, lie, lie down. And again, I just want to talk directly to, you know, the healthcare people here and the doctors and so on. Is that, and, and I mean, you know, I mean, you know this, I'm not really telling you anything, but boy, if we can stay mobile, the impact on us personally, but also the impact on society, you know, from Medicare, from healthcare, from, from mobility, from falls, it is untold, and I mean, I'm sure somebody's worked it out. But it's a it's a huge benefit. And again, I just think we got to take some personal responsibility. We got to help each other. That's the other side yeah. of it. Yeah. You know, um, I'm presently doing some work on an event called the Secret 3K, and uh, just to kind of fill in a little bit with uh, with Mark. After I had that massive clot on the brain in 2015, I was recovering. It was a long recovery. Uh, but eight months into the recovery, I read a story about a, a young woman who ran a marathon in Afghanistan, and she was verbally and physically abused for doing that. And I'm in this recovery, and I'm I'm kind of pissed off. Like I read this, you know, how can you how can you verbally and physically abuse a woman, not a man? Okay, in Afghanistan, men can run and do what they want, but a woman. And I was so kind of mad and you know my talk to my wife so I said Sue if I get better again if I can run again if I can run a marathon I'm going to Afghanistan to run with this young woman and a year later I was on a plane to Kabul and I ran with with this young woman in Afghanistan I came back and the person I travel with Kate McKenzie is a film director she co-directed the secret marathon film and we were talking and she said you know it'd be great to do an event and so we hooked up with John Stanton from The Running Room. Yeah. And for, for four years now, this will be the fifth year, we are holding the secret 3K. And it's important that you, you, you know, Mark, it's a 3K. It's not a 5K or a 10K. This is more a community event than, you know, getting fit. But it gets you out and it gets you doing something for, for other people. And from a brain health point of view, that is huge. And so we've got the next one coming up on March the 2nd. In fact, I'll send you the link. 
That'll um, be in the show notes. If everybody listening, you, you'll be able to just click to it. Okay. So March the second folks. Yeah. So it's all virtual. It's, it's a three K, but it gets you in that mental state of doing something for yourself, but doing something for others. So I think, again, I think that's a huge piece. Well, I mean, Martin, it's one thing. It gives me goosebumps just talking about it. When I, I bought the book, I read the book right away after I bought it. I got him to sign it too. Um, thank <laughs> you for doing that. And, you know, it's something there, something I really admire about you, Martin, and maybe you could dig a little deeper into this is you've gone through some real challenges in your life, right? Some big ones, real big ones. And you know that there might be more around the corner. But for people that are listening, because some of this, it can be hard to start. It can be scary. It can be really seemingly really overwhelming, Martin, right? Like when you think about this, you know, here's a guy who, you know, overcoming challenges. I remember you telling the story about, I think your wife has said, oh, here we go. After you found out about this, this merit, that here we goes, right? And you go and run for someone else, for another society, because there was an inequality that just did not sit right with you. Um, not only did you write a book about it, you did a movie about it as well. And then you've carried forward the legacy into an event to serve more people that need that opportunity to take charge of their own health and to, to be active because it's all of us deserve that. Is there a little bit of encouragement you can give to those people? Because for some, remember, you have to recognize people look at you and say, well, that's Martin Parnell. You know, he's he's an author, he's, he's an ultra runner, you know, he's done all these amazing things. And I'm just, you know, Mark here, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, like what, what's a little piece of encouragement that we can give to each of these people, because it's out there. This is so accessible for us. It's really is really accessible. Yeah. I think a couple of things, Mark, it's never too late, never, ever, ever too late. So I mentioned earlier that I'd started running at 47. I mean, that's, you know, I certainly wasn't going to go to the Olympics with that, right? And I started because I was challenged by a brother. So for you, what is no? But for you, what is your challenge? Think about is it something that you can talk about with your family and say, well, why don't we do a three k and and you know get going? Uh, whether it's walking, running, swimming, I just think we've got to do something. You know, in life, you don't have to do a lot, but you got to do something. So I don't think we can get away with doing nothing. So the only question then is, what are you going to do? And I think if you use some of the you know some of the thinking around chunking it down. So think about 10 minutes. So don't go beyond that. So, so start with that. Maybe it's, maybe you do a couple lanes in the pool. I think, especially in these times now with, you know, this long haul, I mean, talk about a marathon, you know, this COVID now is turning into an ultra race. It really is. But I think we have to, we have to take some control back. And that's the other aspect I think about, about what I'm talking about is when I say, get the gear, you can control that. Okay. You can control what you need to get. I mean, you know, it won't be perfect. Maybe you you know, you might mm -hmm. not get the exactly yeah. the right stuff, but at least make that step. And then if you go out for 10 minutes, well, you control that. OK, you've decided to go out for 10 minutes. And I tell you, that makes a difference. Just by doing that, you start to think, well, OK, uh, maybe I didn't get the right gloves or whatever. But that doesn't matter. I can change that. And then you can think, well, well, I did 10 minutes. Why don't I go and do 15 minutes? And it's a bit of a growth thing. It's a bit of a something to say. Where am I going to start now? The, I think the biggest problem, and as, as you know, with all these New Year's resolutions and I'm going to lose 50 pounds and oh, blah, blah, blah. It, it doesn't, I don't do New Year's resolutions. I mean, that's not good because it's all, it's all sadness yeah. and tears, you know, it's, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. it's not a good yeah. thing to do. So, <laughs> so just, you know, kind of personally stay away from that, but think about something to start with. And, and even, for example, the, uh, the secret 3K, 
you know, for example, you know, I've got a I've got a four week training program, right? To run Walker, to run Walker 3K. But don't get hung up on that. I would say start with time. And the best way for activity, I think, out there is kind of walking, you know, running, swimming, and 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 biking. I mean, keep it simple. Don't, you know, there's lots of other things you can do. And if you like a sport, that's great. But Mark, I think we're talking about folks who have not really yeah. just starting from, from the very beginning. So number one, it's not too late. Number two, chunk it down. And number three, don't beat yourself up. If, if you don't feel like doing it, don't do it, but do it the next day. Oh, so good. Uh, just to really listen to that. And the, again, this is somebody, what I love about Martin is he's somebody who did start a little bit later in life, but he's somebody who truly has built the consistency in, you know, he's really built that habit. And, you know, before we recorded, he's like, oh, it's cold, but I lay, I can layer up. It's all good. We'll, we'll make it work. He's like, today's driving me nuts. I got too many Zoom meetings. I, I haven't been able to get outside. I know for myself, I'm nowhere near as accomplished as you, but I've just started this running practice and you were part of the inspiration for me. And it's one of those things that who knows, maybe it'll turn into walking. Maybe it'll be hiking. I don't know. But it's just, it's, it, it the, like you said, and, and I've heard it from so many mentors I've never once, never once regretted going out and exercising. Never once. And just knowing, and I liked how you talked about societally, you know, it is one thing that we can control. For some people we've worked with who may have serious mobility issues due to injury, the handbike is a wonderful option. Mm. For others, you know, there can be assisted work in the pool that we can do. If we have the capacity to, to move in some way, shape or form, that's a privilege too. Because there's some women, some people, as Martin can attest, that aren't even afforded that opportunity. And that's part of what I love about this, um, the Secret Marathon and the Secret 3K, is that it is a part of something so much bigger than ourselves. It gets you to be surrounded by people in community that are thinking similar to you, that want to serve, that want to make a difference. And I strongly encourage, I'll be running, I strongly encourage that people you know, take part in something just something much bigger than yourself because it's inspiring. You know, you're around people, you, you meet people who at this time, many of us do still feel really isolated. It's a great opportunity to be a part of something much bigger than ourselves. I think, I think Mark, you know, this, I mean, the essence of what you talk about is brain health and the things we've talked about today really promote brain health through the body. I mean, we haven't got into a whole bunch of other areas and, and there are other experts who can talk about that, but all I can share is just an individual who was never particularly athletic in any way. I, I like sports, but I was rubbish at them. I was not good. I did a ton of sports, but not good at anything. But having found the base, which is movement now, it is so important to me. Also, I think there's a, there's a knock-on with family, with friends, as you know, when you have uh, grandchildren, they see what you do. Trust me, they know exactly what's going on and whether they run with you, my granddaughter, Autumn, you know, she runs with me when I see her and, and, and you, you know, it's all about encouragement, mentoring, and that helps you as much as the other person be crystal clear. That helps your mental health and wellness as much as the other person that you're helping. I love it. So for people that are listening, then what really frustrates you around the world of brain health? Is there one particular thing? I'm sure there's many and it could be the societal narrative could be anything. Is there one thing that frustrates you? I mean, I know one thing that frustrated you it, that, that got you to take action and fly across the world and film your experience. But is there, is there something, maybe a general theme around the world of brain health and mental health and physical health that really 
frustrate you? Yeah, I think, you know, just, I think one thing is uh, the attitude somewhat in schools to physical, particularly for me, physical activity, mm. I think could be promoted a lot more in a, maybe a fun way. You know, peer pressure is a huge challenge in this current world of screens. I yeah. think somehow we've got to figure out how to make it fun for kids to get out and to do stuff. I know even chatting with, with my daughter and the two grand boys, you know, she's put limits on screen time. Uh, she encourages them to, you know, there was a big snowstorm in Ottawa the other day, you know, they, she had them out. You're looking for groups that support physical activity, you know, whatever, you know, cadets, girl guides, yeah. scouts. I just think, and also as parents and grandparents, it's important for us to get out and to show examples. So, you know, what frustrates me? Well, I think I frustrate myself sometimes because, as you said, we're so lucky. I mean, I haven't gone out and, and just go buy yourself a headlamp <laughs> and just go for a walk outside if you can. I'm just saying if you can, be careful. Yeah, if you can. But if there's a pathway and stuff, it's a whole different world. And so I think, I think if we can expand our thinking and try some different things, that would be good. So that would be to help all of us. Uh, but I think the actual physical activity of the younger people and get them doing things that they're enjoying and support them with it. And maybe I guess the other aspect, this is a whole nother world, is the focus on elite sport, I think, is causing issues. And I mean, we've, you know, we've got the Olympics coming up mm -hmm. and good for the folks who are doing it. No, no, no issue. You know, I mean, good for them. But the problem is when you get into a lot of the professional sports, you know, we don't we don't want couch potatoes. We don't want kids being couch potatoes. We want them out there active. And I know a lot are. So I think the balance between elite sport and encouraging a child to get out and play and to learn about themselves is another, it's a challenge. I know it's not easy, but yeah. I think that's something. Uh, I mean, that I agree with you. And I thank you for sharing that. I, I totally agree with you. And, and I think that one of the challenges I have with it, and it's a similar thing in, in kind of cognitive rehabilitation, is I think we all want the fast and easy. You know, we look at the marketing out there and say, oh, okay, just take this pill or use this tool and you'll lose 10 pounds, the diet supplement. But that actually doesn't translate into the behavior because it is that journey of becoming fit, of becoming capable of running that 5K that reinforces that maybe one day it could be six. And then maybe after that, who knows, possibly it could be seven. And this could lead to me maybe playing with my grandkids a little bit more effectively than I could have had I not exercised. And I think it's something that James Durham, who was on the podcast, a wonderful guy, talks about, you know, there's no elevator to success. You got to take the stairs because along the way, you, of course, you gain strength and, and you learn. And I think it's so incredibly important. And that's something about Martin that, I mean, you, you keep inspiring me because you're a little bit older than I am, <laughs> but, but you're fitter than I am. And that gives me something to shoot for, mm. you know, really, it really does because it's, uh, I, I look at you, you're only getting better, man. And it's exciting because, you know, I think about that and I think about my kids and I think about the society. I know to go grandiose, but I, I totally agree with you. If we could all be a little bit more active, that was part of the pandemic that was beautiful to me. One of the very small parts of it is I would see neighbors walking yeah. and I would see them smiling. And I would see, you know, when you saw pictures of, of, you know, certain towns where there was a lot of pollution and the skies were clearing and the water was getting clearer 
you know, that's a lesson for us, I think, that our bodies want to move. We want to be outside. Well, that's you know? what we just, de- Mark, that's what we're designed for. And I think, again, you know, the, with the pandemic, Sue and I were out on the weekend at the Glenbow Provincial Park. They yes. got a phenomenal pathway system there. We're up, up high and I looked down on the pathways and it was almost full with people walking. And I thought, oh my gosh, like I really hadn't seen this numbers <laughs> in there, you know, and it was hard to get a parking spot and so on. And there's no question, I think people are gravitating yes. towards getting outside. And I hope this will continue because again, it's been proven time and time and time again, both physically and mentally. It's not one or the other. It's the full package. And so let's just start off slow, no panic. It takes time. And as you say, it's certainly not an elevator. It's it's stairs. No. And you but you need the stairs to get to the place you really want to go. And then you learn about yourself through it, right? Like that's the thing. When you finish something that you maybe thought you couldn't do. And then at the end of it, you look back and go, oh, I did that. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's a a crazy story. So so just over a year ago, uh, I was chatting with my grandson, Nathan, and he's very much into uh, Mount Everest. He he loves Mm. reading about Mount Everest. And I was thinking, what could we do together? And he's in Ottawa. I'm I'm in Cochrane. So we decided to climb... Mount Everest virtually. So we went from base camp to the top of Everest. That was, I think, 14,000 feet. But we did it by climbing uh, stairs in our basement. So oh, every cool. every day, my wife Sue and I, we'd do 14 sets of stairs. And, he, and him with his mom cool. in Ottawa would do 14 sets of stairs. And I kept track of it on a map of Everest. And we, over um, many days, I think it was 90 days, we ended up climbing Everest. So again, I mean, there's ways of doing it that that are not common. And it oh, was just an amazing so experience. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Martin's given us an invitation here to be a part of something bigger than ourselves um, with the secret marathon. He's a very humble guy. He's somebody that, you know, I encourage you to look him up. It's really inspiring. There's specials on him. Again, he doesn't do any of this for the glamour, the glory. It's not, that's not what it's about. It's he, he understands the power of this, uh, of exercise on, on everything, not just on the individual, but on humanity. And I think it's a beautiful thing. I want to encourage people to, to check out the book. Please do. There'll be a link to it in the show notes called The Secret Marathon. It's a very, very well-written. You know, I encourage you to check out the movie. I encourage you to check out his work because it's just, it's extremely inspiring, especially as we think about reinventing ourselves. And really, you know, what you said is so good. I was listening to John Maxwell talk, the leadership expert, who I'm sure we both know well. And he says exactly what you said. And I think his next book is There Is No Finish Line. Mm. <laughs> you know, there is no finish line. You just keep going until you can't keep going. But, <laughs> but you know, you, you just keep going as that metaphor. And I, I just really want to thank you for sharing your time with us today. It's good to see you, my friend. And uh, just thank you for everything you do. Well, Mark, thank you so much. As I say, it's been good staying in touch with you and sharing the stories. We're all on a journey together. Yes. So let's make it a good journey and let's uh, do this together, help each other. And again, thank you so much. Uh, Awesome. Thank you. And we'll see everybody on the next episode. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to the Brain Mastery Podcast. 
We're super grateful for the community of supporters of this podcast. Again, this podcast was designed with an intention and an objective, and that was to share stories of rehabilitation, of recovery from brain injury, to really interview some of the leaders out there to provide more hope to community members. So thank you again for all of the support with that. If this episode resonated for you and had value for you, we just ask, please download and share it. Please also, if you wouldn't mind, rate the podcast. Those ratings really matter and help us to spread the message. If you're a clinical provider out there, meaning a physical therapist, an occupational therapist, or somebody who just works with people with brain injury and want to learn more about the BEARS platform, we've tried to make it as easy as possible for you to do so. Just go to www.abiwellness.com to learn more about how to get involved. Uh, Training is very accessible and we've tried to make it very, very easy for people to get access to this neurorehabilitation platform. Thank you again for your support and we'll see you on the next episode. The statements made regarding the Bears platform and ABI Wellness have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of the Bears platform has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. The Bears platform is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All information presented here is not meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from healthcare practitioners. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. The Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act requires this notice.